Um, I just wanted to just quickly uh, mention uh, Tuesday week, we've got um, Emma from Statement Styling coming in for a women's night on a Tuesday. So that's coming around. I just want to invite Pastor Bruce and Joan just to come and, and share with us about uh, their, I don't know, their little sojourn to India. You're only there about a month and a half or something, wasn't it? And do you want to click through or we can click through or you can... We'll just say next. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Oh, Mama can do it. That's good. Hey. Look, um, as you know, we're in, uh, in India in January, again at Bible College. And I want to say this at the start. Thank you to all those of you who sponsored a student to Bible College last year. And in a moment, I'll share you some of the flow on of that legacy. It's just unbelievably extraordinary. So God bless you. So there we have... Oh, okay. Oh, she's going through. So here we have um, Bible College students. Some decide they want to sit on the chairs. Some of them said it was too cold and then said, can we go outside? So we went outside. Then all our notes got blown everywhere, but that was fine. That's, uh, that's the seminar centre as it's known. And there we are outside having lectures. Next. Um, and this is prayer just before their mission trip. And they go out on a weekend for a mission trip and there they go. The girls went to a village and then, wouldn't you believe it, we turned up to a, a village nearby and they all turn up to our meetings and Bishop Pompey says, you can't come to this meeting, you've got to go back there and, and evangelise that other village. So off they went with their tails between their legs. But this is what I want to say. <clears throat> on the Monday when they come back, they have testimonies and... Uh, they were sharing their testimonies of what happened. They went out in this village and one of the girls said that they prayed for the salvation of 12 people in a particular village. And, and I, said to, I said to her, well, what did you share with them? And she said, what you taught us. And that made the whole trip worthwhile. So those of you who sponsored a student need to understand that as a result of your sponsorship, And those girls, in this case it was the girls, but the boys went out as well, were able to go to to Bible college, go to a village, and 12 people uh, in that village, and there were others too, gave their lives to the Lord. Here we are praying for the students at the end of our time. And remember that we're only there for three weeks' lectures, and there are other, I think three, Wendy? Three or four other Aussies go to do some lecturing, and then the trustee board and Bishop Pompey and Chodabai, who's the the Dean of Students or whatever, they also do lecture as well. So, next, love. These are the pillows from our Sunday school. Oh. These are the pillows given um, to the children by our Sunday school here and that was very exciting to be able to give them out. There we go. And they were very excited to get them and the children from... Mabel Park High School, some of the students made pillowcases which we were able to take to and they could put them on. So, exciting time. What's next? (laughs) Just a few quick pickies. Um, That's the... um, This is the Agape English Medium School and the children, they have three classes there now. They're adding one grade every year. And this is, it's not very clear, but I did a TESOL, Teaching English as a Second Language, little seminar one evening with the women there, with the teachers, I'm sorry. Bruce. And, and uh, 
um, what I love about it often is sometimes you don't know what's going to happen next. So then we say, well, we're going out to this village to open a new church. So this church was started just after the monsoon in the middle of last year, and that's the church. Those columns were lathed on local lathe up in the mountains. I don't know how they did it, but that's the church inside. And then the people came, probably two to 3,000 people came for the opening of this church. And, uh, and, 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 and we got... And there's a little, the girls dancing at the opening and, and praying and preaching. And you can see the faces receding. About 3,000 people turned up. And it was just absolutely amazing to be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And on the Saturday morning, we went up into, in, south into Maharashtra, up into the mountains, onto the plateau, and we did a Saturday morning women's seminar there, and it was just really beautiful up on the plateau with haystacks, haystacks all around, and oh, it was lovely. And, you know, translated <laughs> twice... That gets tricky. You tend to go in after you've been translated once. But anyway, but afterwards, beautiful time. Afterwards, the widows from that region gathered in the church and they had been all organised by pastors and their names were down and a sheet had to be filled in and signed by their pastors to say, yes, you're a widow. So it was all done really carefully. And then we were incredibly privileged. to give out the saucepans and shawl to some of those beautiful women. And the local pastors also did so, and Bishop Pompey did so. And it was just an incredible joy for us to do so. And here's one of the shawls which Wendy would have showed you. They're beautifully handcrafted by the women. And here they are outside, all very excited, holding up what you people made possible for them to receive. So such excitement and I just want to say thank you so much. Then afterwards, of course, you all line up and you have dinner together. It's lovely. So, yes. So that was India and it was amazing. And uh, just don't forget that a lot of this is made possible by Wendy's work and she's coming now because she's just come back from... Women's Seminar. Is that right? Wendy's coming. Yeah. We're going to rearrange stage a little bit for this. So that's all right. Wendy, for some reason, decides that she's a bit shy. And so I'm going to embarrass her and say that straight up. And uh, so thank you, lads. Actually, Caleb, Tom, can you guys jump up side stage quickly and just grab me? There's two stools just there. Um, just to introduce and, and make Wendy feel like she can talk, we're gonna. I'm gonna come up and 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 and, and hold her hand a bit. But uh, we were talking yesterday afternoon just about the trip, and I just was amazed by a lot of the stuff that was going on that I didn't understand was happening in the lives over there. And I just thought it really pertinent for us as a community to understand some of the things that are happening in the world and what's happening spiritually in this region and this group of churches, which really really is like sister churches to us. 
there, there is heartbeat connection there. There is genuine feeling and, and everything. People from here go and, and uh, if Pompey's over here, he'll come and hang out with us and all sorts of stuff. So um, I'm just going to let Wendy start sharing and I might interject and, and help her and prompt and things like that. So. Hi. <laughs> or Kemcho, as we say in India, which means greetings. Um, the church over there sends greetings to you and they say premi salams, which means loving greetings. Um, the statistics, there's a whole bunch of statistics. You know, when you organise 800 women to a conference on another side of the world and eight team members and five days and nights and 25 meetings and 10,000 meals prepared. It's, it's big. It's logistically, it's big. And I want to say two things. First, thanks to John for hanging out here and looking after the home and business. And secondly, do you know what? God can use anybody. When I look back at my life and think, you know, I went to seven different primary schools and I had a bit of an ordinary childhood and, you know, I am just a a mum and a wife that does rubbish with the rubbish removers. Look what God does. Look how he uses. Seriously. (laughs) It's stunning. And one of the things that is the biggest thing that makes it work is your prayers. Because you get to the end of the time and go, wow, that was just so amazing. And you know that I couldn't do it. It's the prayers of the saints beseeching God and God moving that makes this all possible and happen. And thank you for praying. It's your prayers. I don't know that you realize how vital they are when you storm heaven and and beg for these women. Um, I get there, you know, you arrive... It's a whole day flight, two flights to get there, and I get in at 9 o'clock their time, but it's 2 a.m. my time, and pretty much go to bed. And then the next two days are shopping for craft supplies and agape supplies in, in another language. And it's a bit tricky. Like, one of the things we did for craft was um, screen print doll patterns, and then there had to be stuff with fluff. And I'm thinking craft, fluff, white sort of nylon-y stuff. And I was taken to a mattress factory... And it's like cotton mattress webbing and huge bales of this stuff in this little warehouse. And I'm jet-lagged trying to work out. I've got 800 dolls. I don't know what size they are. How much fluff do I need for 800 dolls when they're coming in? And I was with five men, and they all said 17 bales. And I'm like, that's a lot. (laughs) I ended up choosing two, which I was right. But jet-lagged, and you're on your phone, and... (laughs) I had to say that. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of fun. You're on, the, on your phone, you're trying to work out currency conversions and if this much weight is that, then I need X number and it's hard. But God, God, God loves a challenge and he is amazing Finally, you know, the rest of the team come in and we travel seven hours down to the seminar centre and all the women start arriving. Some leave at three o'clock in the morning and catch several buses and trains and they all pile into the back of trucks and, and they turn up. And as they come in, it's so exciting seeing them. They, they come rushing up and they're hugging and, and they're fellowshipping with each other and they all sleep on little thin mats as thick on, on like, you know, tile floor in the seminar centre. Can you imagine? There's probably 600 women all sleeping in there. The local women go home and and organise the cows and the children and the rest stay in. The meetings were amazing. Last year, 
um, I started up opening up about mental illness, which, like Australia was not so long ago, a real taboo subject. And suicide rate in India is tremendous, it's huge. And often there feels there's no hope. And if you do have a mental illness and you are depressed, sometimes there feels no hope too and when you're a Christian. And so we opened up that last year and many of the women were coming up with um, high depression rates, which when culturally, when you look at it, I guess when you get married between 14 and 18, arranged marriage most, and get sent to villages further out to a man that you don't really know and you become the slave of a mother-in-law that you don't know and part of a member of a very large extended family in a small home, it's, it's tricky, it's hard. And this church has only been around since 1973 and it's you know, over 300 churches, over 100,000 people now. So all these people have been saved from Hinduism and anonymism and culturally a lot of that's coming through and God's breaking that, breaking those chains. But unless we start raising these subjects... They don't get broken. So I started raising the subject last year and I found out a lot. And this year um, a woman came across who just really, um, she shared about inner healing for women who have been abused, you know, physically and emotionally and verbally and sexually and really um, does a lot of joy as that happened. We had some amazing people speaking. We did diabetes. We had a workshop on diabetes and we blood tested 800 women which, as you can imagine, was fun. <laughs> and teaching about diabetes, it's number one disease coming rising up through India at the moment. So it was sort of like, here is something um, to go back and tell your village. Also with the craft that we did, it's something that they can go back and share with others. And it's a way of sitting down with their neighbours, Hindu neighbours, anonymous neighbours, and say, here, this is what we can do. Um, I think when you look at India... It's like an en masse thing. Everything is en masse. The bangles are en masse. The materials are en masse. Everything is in bulk. And even the people seem to be in bulk. They treat people as an in bulk kind of thing. But you know what? God sees each woman individually. And every hair of their head's counted. And every tear they've shed, kept. And every laugh, enjoyed. And I think once you begin to see people as individuals. It changes the whole nature of what's happening. And obviously God does that all through. And seeing him minister to women individually and their radiance at the end was so heartwarming. For the first time, I got up to Maharashtra to give out gifts to widows. As you know, we do the Indian Widow Night. I've never actually given anything out. I just deal with this side. And... Up in Maharashtra, it's very barren. It's dry. There's no water. It's like right up in a plateau, and it's yellow. Even the air is dry. Everything crackles with dryness, um, and that creates barrenness. Um, many of the people go off on the sugarcane trail, and they'll follow the sugarcane farmers and live under blue plastic in terrible circumstances for six months of the year, and that's how they get the annual income and when they get their income they pretty much pay off last year's debts it's not a great place to live and we went up there and as Joan and Bruce did gave out pots and shawls and it was radiant joy again watching this happen um, 
I had to go in and have lunch with the pastors. <laughs> it was really boring. <laughs> it was all like these men sitting around and I could hear all the women outside having fun. <laughs> it's just like, as soon as I could, I'm like, can I go now? <laughs> I want to get out with the women. They're, they're, they're fun. You're doing great. great. Keep going. I don't need to add it. We, I have a lot of fun with the Agape children. I've seen, I've watched them every year since little grow up. And when I get there, it's big excitement. And we have games and joy and water bombs. We did water bombs this year. Painting. Um, the water bombs probably wasn't a good idea. I don't know that I'd do that again. <laughs> it's a little bit chaotic. But it was fun. And, you know, I sat down in the children's home and I did inspected all their teeth and their ears and their hair and this and that and discussed head lice and I sat down and went through all their clothing and you know each child has one little suitcase this big little trunky sort of a thing and in it is all their clothes and some some of the little new ones that have just come in only have a few pairs of clothes when something else I need to deal with and when you see what they have it makes you realise how, you know, how much we do have. And I, I guess a lot of us think, I do, you know, I'm, I'm poor, I can't do this, that and the other. But when you realistically compare, man, we're so rich in everything, in everything. Yeah. just want to echo, like, when he started talking about that, uh, it, it's not us that does stuff, it's God. It's God that does. He uses imperfect vessels to minister things. And, and uh, sometimes that's hard to get a grip of the impact that you make. But Wendy shot me through a, a message last night. I just want to read you some of these testimonies from the seminar that just happened. Um, one of the, last year when we came for the women's seminar, Sister Wendy, that's, that's her name over there, Sister Wendy, um, had prayed. That we did not have a child. And, and Sister Wendy prayed a lot for this purpose. And God blessed us with a beautiful child. Thank you, Lord. I've come here to know that Jesus so much more. Uh, Before coming to Bible seminar, I was continually thinking about suicide. I lost hope in life, but when I came from the seminar, I got the blessing of God on love, learning leadership, etc. Sister Sharon and and Mr. Denish have inspired me a lot, and so I have the gift of the Holy Spirit blessing now, and I'm going with the new spirit of life, and I'm going to live life fully. Um, before I come, I was thinking about committing suicide. Sister Sharon prayed for me and I was healed. Now I've experienced the love and power of a risen Lord and have a positive attitude towards life. During these five days of prayer, I found the answers to many questions which were giving me trouble in the past. Sister Wendy and other pastors prayed for me. I was in terrible situations. I could not breathe. This, this lady didn't know how to give words to anxiety um, going on. I thought that I'm going to die very soon, but I prayed and prayed. God has taken away my doubts and filled me with the Holy Spirit and faith. I went to the youth conference. I prayed and prayed. The Lord has blessed me with a a good son. Thank you, Lord. I was coughed. I was sick, had fever. Sister Wendy prayed for me and was healed, and I experienced the healing touch of God. And there's others in there. And there's one theme, and and one of the things I really wanted Wendy to to share about was uh, we we talk about some of the external situations going on in in the people in, in this country and in this area, but are less aware of what's going on internally. Wendy mentioned to me that she started doing an assessment with them. And and the men came back in a good state of of mental health. They they were feeling good. The women came back pre-suicidal. 
pretty much straight across the board. Um, and, and so that gives us as a church, I was not aware of this state going in. I, I didn't know what was going on in lives. It gives us something that we can pray into and, and speak into. Now, do you have anything else you want to share this morning? You don't think so? I'll let you go for a moment because I just want to speak into <laughs> mental health just for five minutes and um, just speak on that. Most of you are aware that my background is psych and counselling um, with this, so it is something that I'm quite passionate about. Um, actually, Caleb, can you get my tent? Just, just out the side there, just in my tent. Um, can I get the, there's a scripture up on the computer there. I don't know if that's you, Mike, that's back there. I don't have my controls. There's a scripture after that video, if you can just put it up, please. But, but over there, they've got this situation going on where pretty much the majority of women are in this place where they're experiencing depression. And um, I just want to speak quickly to that. As he went along, Jesus, he, he saw a man blind from his birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents? Why is he broken? They were asking. Why is he blind? And, and we, there's been this assumption within our culture and other cultures that, that almost innately inside us, we look at someone with a disability or with mental illness has historically been the case and we think they're broken. They're damaged goods. There's something wrong with them or even to another extent, they're evil. They've done something wrong that they've been cursed like this. And I just love how Jesus responds. No, it wasn't him or his parents. This has happened so that the, God might display, the works of God might be displayed in him. And, and, and that's, I love that passage there where it says that. People have taken this and said, oh, God made him like this so that God's works can be displayed. That's not what Jesus said. He said, this has happened. Why? Because the works of God haven't yet been displayed in him, but they're going to be. So here's the reality. God doesn't give this. God doesn't give sickness, illness, whatever part of our whole thing. That's a work of the devil. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And that's where he's being displayed within them. And, and it goes on and the man gets healed. And it's an interesting way we are humming. And have fun with that one, Mike. Um, <laughs> It goes on and he says, Jesus spat in some mud and he put it on his eyes and he went and bathed and got healed. There was no demon cast out. Interesting, there was no counselling, but there was something that went on a body that went through there. And, and, and I just want to speak. I'm going to keep the cross up the front. Just move it here for a sec. And just reiterate, if we get the Thessalonians there. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Made in God's image, we're a triune being. There's three parts to us. I was sharing this with the youth on Friday night. Actually, I am amazed at the spiritual stamina of our youth. They're amazing. I preached for 50 minutes on Friday night. And uh, they were there, and most of them just said, that was a great message. And that, I don't think, I told one of them this morning, that's how long I went for, and he went, no, you didn't. There is no way, I just, I just love them. But um, we're talking about sex and dating and relationships, it's fun. I, I really enjoy talking about that stuff. But essentially, we were sharing this, I'm a spirit. I live in a body. Now I've got myself stuck. And in, in my body, also possess a soul. 
So we have these three aspects to us. I'm a spirit living in a body with a soul. So when it comes to any form of, of mental health or, or mental illness, that can come from any aspect. That can be a spirit issue, something that's direct from hell that's come and, and attached itself to us. It can be a demonic presence coming in. It can be a soul issue, something going on inside us in our thinking and in our headspace. It can be a body issue, something with a chemical imbalance going on inside us. So it is okay to treat all three aspects. It is okay to pray. It is okay to have counseling. It is okay for medication to help rebalance our body so that we can experience counseling right and go through. Now, in my soul, I have a few things in my soul. I'm going to need a couple of aids over here. I'm going to grab these two young fellas. I'm going to grab Kingy and Charlie. Come, blokes. Come with me. These guys are rad. And, and you guys, let me say this, guys. You guys are making a good choice. You're sowing into your lives early a good choice of being in church. I've seen you guys in church every week for the last few weeks. Let that become a pattern and a habit that you keep doing because that is one thing that the enemy is going to try and rip out of you. And so you are sowing in and setting up a good life, a great life. So you're going to help me out here, okay. You guys know what I'm talking about because you're here Friday. So in my soul, I've got three things. I've got some emotions. That's, that's not me. Okay, here's my emotions. We've got to make it a bit bigger. Who's going to be the emotion boy? Yo. Yo. Okay, can you one first? I've got some emotions. I'm going to call this my will, my heart, the things that I settle on inside my will. You come over here. Now, I also have... We've got emotions over here. We've got will over here. In the middle, we've got my mind things I think about, the things that come up. Now, in any given situation, how I respond is going to be based on a majority vote between these three. There's going to be a majority vote happening. So what happens for most of us in life, and we, I'm going to just apply back to Friday night, we were talking about sex and relationships. What happens for most people in life when they're coming to sex is they don't actually give their direction any will. They haven't considered their values inside their heart. So what they do is all of a sudden they come to a situation and go, this feels really neat. This feels good. I've got to make up my mind on it. What am I going to side with? No will. I'm just going to go with what feels good right now. We've got a majority going down this way. And turn back around, Charlie. I like your face better. That's good. And um, so when it comes to any other aspect we have our emotion at, the, at that given time. We also have our will, which is what we have set inside our hearts. The values. What have we sown into this? The Bible says, set your mind on things above. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's talking about placing values deep inside us. So when we come to, say, the likes of depression, are we going to listen with our mind how we respond in that moment? Either we can listen to the emotion of it if we haven't established here. But what we need to do is establish inside our wills the value of God, the word of God. I am chosen. I'm appointed. I'm a special creation. I'm created in God's image. He has given me a purpose and a reason for life. He loves me. I was purchased by the most precious substance in all existence, the blood of Jesus. I'm his child. Once we get that inside, all of a sudden we hit one of those mornings we wake up and, oh, I just feel really down. 
I feel really low. There's that black sheep hanging around me. That's when our mind can actually decide. Am I going to side with my emotions? Or am I going to side with my will? And then we get a majority vote going one way or the other. This happens in all stages of life. Mental illness. And what I was sharing Friday night is this. Wherever we are, let's sow into that area. Let's sow values in. What are we doing to sow values into our mental health? What are we doing to sow values into our sexuality? What are we doing to sow values into our family, into, into our relationships, into our work ethic, into our church, into the kingdom of God? What are we doing that's actually placing inside us values, listening to, watching, and thinking about? So that our mind, when we get to those points, it's easy, it's really easy when our emotions and our will line up. Because then Mr. Mind and thinking goes, well, who am I going to side with? Well, that's an easy choice. But it's those times we need to sow in and, and place their will. Thank you, lads. It's really good. Yeah, give them a hand. You know, just, just in the pit, man. I'll use them again later. So I just want to spend a moment praying. Um, statistically, the current statistics say that um, in a lifetime... In Australia, one in four people will have diagnosed anxiety. One in six people will have diagnosed depression. Um, my studies when I was studying said 80% of people will experience depression and anxi- or anxiety, an episode of it during their lifetime. This is just normal stuff that goes on through life. And in India, we've got a people group there that are still believing that you're broken with this going on. And... Um, have an existence culture, which Wendy didn't share this morning, but strategies are coming to her now and to the team about how to actually influence culture. Um, She mentioned the church has only been going since 73. So what we've traditionally done, we've gone in and not challenged culture, but just preached the word. Now there's a leading to actually start establishing and challenging the culture, which is against the values of the word of God and are setting up these situations. And uh, it just got me excited. I, I was going to talk on refugees this morning, but I, I, I had, to, had to pull that out because I was just so excited by it and, and wanted, I listened to it and gone, I did not know this stuff. And I wanted us as a church to understand who these people we give money to are and what's going on in their world. And I know a lot of you pray for it. I know a lot of you pray when we've got um, people ministering over there as well, but to know that they're running. Now, I don't know the statistics you got back, but it was, it was somewhere high and over 50% of the women, um, 75% of the women reported, like, that was, that was diagnosable depression levels. That's a serious issue, but it's one that God wants to speak into and wants to move into. So would you just join with me and pray for them this morning? And maybe you're in this place, let me say this before we get to that. Maybe you're in this place that um, your experience, your worship team come, um, your experience is, is that. Um, there is like that cloud that hangs over you. I want to speak this to you this morning. You're not broken. You're not broken. And there is healing in God. And I'm happy to speak with you about strategies that move through that. But also just recently I've had testimony. And um, I'm just, just working again on a on a boldness thing. I just want someone to come share. They said, no, you share my story. I'm like, no, I want you to. Um, but someone who last year fasted for the first time and has been healed of anxiety, long-term anxiety because of it, as God just moved in and just healed instantly that. 
Do they still feel anxious at times? Yeah, but the diagnosis is gone and the experience is gone and that's the power of God moving in. So maybe you're here this morning and God can do that in your life too. God can do that. And um, So as we're praying, grab hold in your spirit. Grab hold in your spirit and go, that's for me as well. That's for me. Father, we are just so grateful that, Lord, you are there and you look at us and say, you're not broken, but I want to display the work and power of God within you. I want to redeem you. I want to destroy the works of the enemy that are in that place. And so, Lord, for us in this place and for them that are over there, Lord, in India, who we love so dearly, Lord, we ask for that, that these works of the enemy, Lord, will be destroyed in lives. Lord, that they would be sound minds. Lord, that it, it, it over and in it just predominantly affects the women there. So we ask that a sense of value and worth would be placed in, that the teaching would come, but more than that, there would be just, just a, a meditation on that truth and a change of heart. Lord, for whatever's to happen in culture, I, I just ask that, Lord, this church would be an agent of change for that culture. And that in, in Gujarati, there will be a, a changed culture in that place, Lord, that's going against the norms and setting up something that looks more like heaven, something that looks more like you. And so I just ask for healing, healing of the hearts and the bodies, healing of the souls and the spirits, Lord, that there will be a wholeness and a soundness in their lives this morning. Father, in this place, Lord, we just present ourselves to you and, and I just ask for those in here this morning that are experiencing anxiety, depression, mental illness. And, and right now, we just want to take authority. Lord, we know that you healed a man and uh, you did something strange and spat mud in his eyes. Lord, I, I don't have any dirt at my feet, so I can't throw that over people. But I, I, I the same way, I just ask for healing that would come and wholeness in lives this morning. You know, I don't want to embarrass you today, um, but let me invite you, if, if you do want to, as we worship, come receive some prayer for, for something that's going on internally, please do. If you want to catch me privately or one of the leaders or pastors or elders privately about it, please do, uh, because God wants to minister in and God just wants to release and heal. Amen. Come on, let's just stand and we're just going to worship because we have an absolute just desperation and